Chapter 12 Claiming Having considered the two conditions that are necessary for being filled with the Spirit, a cleansing of the heart and the consecration of the cleansed heart to God, we come now to the very practical question, how is this fullness to be obtained by the cleansed and consecrated believer? Before proceeding to consider the answer, claim it, let's notice what the Divine Word has to say about prayer and laying on of hands in connection with this obtaining. Prayer Scripture How much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Luke eleven thirteen. This promise is given to God's children. It is the dearest wish of the great Father heart of God that His children would be filled with His Spirit. Who has a fathoming line, a depth finder, long enough to measure the depths of that how much more? You ask, the Father gives. What is the next step? Why, of course, you receive. Otherwise, all the Father's giving will be of no use. Scripture When they had prayed, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.31 Who prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Acts 8.15 Stay, Luke twenty four forty nine. Wait, Acts one four. This is not idling, but praying, pleading the promise. As these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer, Acts one fourteen. They were all together in one place, and suddenly, the answer came, Acts two one to two. So, in obtaining the blessing of the fullness, prayer has its place. Laying on of hands. Scripture. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they, the Samaritan converts, were receiving the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 17. Then, when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. Acts 13 3. Barnabas and Saul were men who were already full of the Holy Spirit, but by the laying on of hands, it is probable that hands had been laid on these men before this, they received a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, a fresh equipment for special service, and thus they were set apart for the work to which the Holy Spirit was calling them. Scripture And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the men of Ephesus, the Holy Spirit came on them. Acts 19.6 And after praying, they laid their hands on them, the deacons. Acts 6.6 Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the presbytery. 1 Timothy 4.14 Kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 2 Timothy 1.6 It is quite evident that laying on of hands was no meaningless ceremony in the primitive church. Is there any reason why it should ever be an empty, barren form in our own day? We come now to examine the answer given to the question, How is the fullness of the Spirit to be obtained? The answer is, Claim it. We must clearly bear in mind that we now deal with a cleansed and consecrated soul. If you are not cleansed, attend to that cleansing first. If you are not consecrated, attend at once to the consecrating, and then, but not until then will you be able to profit by what will be said about the claiming of the blessing. Do we understand the immense difference between claiming and asking? I claim that which is my own, 
I ask for a favor. For instance, if a man has a credit balance of $250 in his current banking account, and he writes a check for $50, he doesn't need to go to the manager and ask for $50. He presents his check and claims it, for it is his own. But suppose that same man is in need of an advance of $500. He goes into the banker's office and asks for the favor of a loan. No claiming now. So it often is with the Christian and his God. When God gives a definite promise for some definite blessing, it is the Christian's privilege to claim, to receive by faith, the thing that is promised. If God tells him a certain blessing is his by virtue of his sonship, it is his to claim, to receive what has been made his own through grace. There's no asking needed here. That is, asking in the sense of saying, Lord, if it is your holy will, give me this. Where is the room for an if? Hasn't God told him it is his will? Hasn't he promised it? Hasn't he given it to him? Then why should he mock his Lord by saying, If it is your will? On the other hand, suppose that man wants something that God has not expressly promised to give, something in reference to which he has not revealed his will. All a Christian can do in this case is to ask. He cannot claim. God may give him what he asks, or he may see that it will be for the best to refuse his child's request. A Christian may want $250 and may ask his father to send it to him, and God may give or withhold. But if a Christian wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, he or she needs to have no doubt about the issue here. They may claim the fullness, for hasn't God promised it? Isn't this blessing his very own? his birthright by virtue of his new birth? Let's learn then to clearly distinguish between claiming as an act of faith based on an express promise in the Word and asking as a request in prayer. It is abundantly clear from the Word of God that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is one of the blessings that it is our privilege to claim, to receive by a simple act of faith. Scripture Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3 13 14. The double purpose of Christ's redeeming work, of his being made a curse for us, is plainly stated here. He was cursed that we might be blessed with a double blessing. First, with the blessing of Abraham, that is, righteousness and justification, second with the promise of the Spirit. So many of God's children forget the second blessing. They think that if they are saved from wrath and justified, that is all. Have we overlooked this fact? Have we been stopping short? Those who do not live the Spirit-filled life void the work Christ accomplished on the tree to a most alarming extent as far as they are personally concerned. Christ died that we might be made the righteousness of God, and that we might be filled with God. As God holds the sinner guilty who neglects this great salvation and rejects the offered righteousness, so He holds the justified believer guilty who neglects the second blessing that Christ purchased with His blood, namely the offered promise of the Spirit. But note well, how Paul tells us this latter blessing is to be made ours. It becomes ours by faith. 
No one doubts how we received the blessing of Abraham, righteousness, justification. All agree that it is by faith. Scripture, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1. But how blind we are to see, how slow to take it in, in spite of the plain declarations of Scripture that the promise of the Spirit is similarly received by faith. The Holy Spirit is the gift of the Father and of the Son. Luke 11:13. This gift is received by faith. This is the whole matter in a nutshell. Of all the sublime things in God's sublime book, there is surely not anything more sublime than this, that a cleansed and consecrated believer may claim and receive the fullness of the Spirit by simple faith here and now. It is the greatest gift that even the exalted Christ has in His power to bestow upon His people. Be filled with the Spirit, says the Holy Spirit. Note that the command is in the passive voice, be filled, that is, let yourself be filled. The fullness is pressing in upon you, only let it in. Receive it, and it's yours. Do you have it? If not, deal with the Lord about it at once, in a similar manner to this. Lord Jesus, you command me to be filled with the Spirit. I take your command and make it my prayer, Lord, fill me with your Spirit. You have told me that all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them, and they will be granted you. Mark 11:24. It is your desire to fill me. It is my desire to be filled. I have made, Lord, fill me, the prayer of my heart. I claim the fullness. I believe for it. I receive it now by faith. I have received it. I have it. It is mine. Lord, I thank you for filling me, even me, with your Holy Spirit. And the blessed business is done. It is yours to believe, to receive. It is His to fill. Go on your way now, believing that you are filled, and God will make the belief good. It is your responsibility to keep believing. It is God's to keep you filled. Don't stagger at the promise of God through unbelief, but be made strong in faith, giving glory to God. Some object to this quick, almost instantaneous, and easy way of receiving this greatest of the New Testament blessings. But every objection urged against receiving the fullness of the Spirit in this way applies with equal, if not greater, force to a sinner who receives the pardon of his sins when he comes to God at first. It is always in grace that God deals with sinners and justifies them the instant they believe in Jesus. It is always in grace that God deals with the justified ones and fills them with the Holy Spirit the moment they receive the fullness by faith. Eternal life is the gift of God, and all the sinner has to do is to take it. The Holy Spirit is a gift, and all God's child has to do is to take it. But some will still object and say that it is necessary to spend some time waiting on God for the fullness before we can get it. They say a night of prayer, or a half-night at least, a more or less prolonged season, must be spent before we can hope to receive the blessing we desire. Of course, not one word can be uttered against spending seasons of prayer by day or by night in waiting upon God. We have the example of the man of prayer himself before us in this. But this much must be said. 
that many a person has spent whole days and nights and weeks in earnest crying to God for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and all in vain. All in vain? Why? How? Because of unbelief. If you want to fill a corked bottle with water, and you take it to a running tap, but neglect to remove the cork, how long will you have to wait holding it under the tap before it's filled? Remove the cork, and the bottle is running over in a few seconds. Many a person has cried and waited, and waited and cried for the fullness of the Spirit, but the stopper of unbelief has been in their empty hearts, and so no wonder they didn't get what they wanted. Of what use will all God's giving be if a person does not receive? God cannot give and receive, too. A Christian man came to me once, expecting a word of encouragement and approval, and said, I have been seeking that blessing for over thirty years. Brother, it's nearly time you got it then, was the swift response. For all these years during which the man was crying, Give, 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 God was saying, Take, 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 receive, receive, for I do give. If I heard my little girl of three years old crying piteously for a piece of bread, knowing that she must be very hungry and that I have the bread by me, would I tell her to cry on for another hour, and then I might attend to her wants? How much more, oh, how much more, will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? But what if, in spite of her crying and of my offering, my daughter would not take the bread I offered, but still went on with her crying, Father, oh, Father, do give me a piece of bread, I'm so hungry. You silly child! Oh, how many silly children the father has in his family, crying year in and year out, Give, give! And the father yearns over them all the while, saying, Take, take, my child! Let some of us stop crying and set to work receiving. Take and thank. Receive and thank. Scripture, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Galatians 3, 14.